Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What up, what up, what up? How you living? How you doing? I just realized that all these these years of me starting the podcast going holla, 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 maybe it was because of Ja Rule. I don't know. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. I am joined, of course, by Mr. David Ingber. How you feeling, brother? What's up, Lefko? Good, man. How was your weekend? Any uh, any wins on online poker? Yeah, I'm, I'm two for two okay. on online poker. We're playing some uh, some socially responsible poker among my friends. We're doing what's called a sit-and-go. It's a 10-person tournament. The top three make money. I've come in second both times, making money. Yeah, a little bit at a time, chipping away. It is incredible how different I look on Mondays and Sundays right now. Because I'll tell you what, this weekend, I did not move. I did not shave. I did not shower. And then Monday, I like got ready, and I did not even recognize myself. We are enjoying our time at home. Ooh, that sound was perfect. It was as if they knew I was going to say the Q word, didn't say it. Here's a reward. Same phone noise that you hear at Pizza Hut. When it, we got a large pan with some pepperoni and some sausage. All right. It's all good. Um, while David goes to handle the phone, I want to tell you guys about something that, that Bleach Report is doing. It's the BR Goat Sim. This is going to be on Bleach Report's Twitch page. Here's how it goes. We wanted to figure if you took the historic best team of every NFL franchise and put them into Madden, who would be the best team of all time, the BR GOAT. So it's a 32-team Madden simulation tournament, NFL Legends rosters. Each NFL franchise roster is the best player to play at each position. So if you're the Falcons, it's Mike Vick dropping back and throwing to Julio Jones. Okay, If it's the San Francisco 49ers, it's Joe Montana throwing to Jerry Rice. Um, each roster was hand-selected from a Madden community expert, and then any time it was a tough one, they went to the fans in the app and online. Games are going to be simulated. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, March 30th, so from tonight to April 13th, and it's a legitimate bracket with four games each night. I can tell you that Wednesday night, I will be doing the broadcast of the Eagles game, and I'm hearing that I'm going to be joined by somebody in the booth that you guys would like. I'm not saying it because I don't want to jinx it, but that's going to be Wednesday at 8 p.m. on Bleacher Report's Twitch. Whoever the Eagles are playing, I don't have the bracket up right now. That's the game. I'm going to be doing it hardcore. Like, I'm going to be on my Nance with my Romo. Um, But I feel good. Now, I do have... 
I looked at some of the rosters at some of the battles. I like a lot of them. I don't like some others. I have no problem with Deion Sanders on the Falcons and not the Cowboys. I believe he was at his peak with the Cowboys. But when you want to see gangster Deion, it's red bandana or black bandana in those black jerseys for sure. There was there was definitely like some some part of my brain that wanted Randy Moss on the all-time Patriots team. But like, who am I kidding? He's a Viking. A thousand you know? percent. He had one of his best years, but he is a Viking with the little hand warmer in the front. The ones that I have a little bit of issue with, like if I think of greatest Steelers quarterback, I still think of the guy with four Super Bowls, Terry Bradshaw. But I can be convinced that Ben is more that athletic. That's Mason Rudolph. And I feel no. like the Cowboys were like that too, Ingber. You know what I mean? Like they chose Aikman over Staubach, but I'm going to be honest. I think Roger Dodger is probably the greatest Cowboys quarterback of all time in my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's, as you know, it's impossible to compare eras, but that's kind of the fun of this thing. Like we're going to get to see Joe Montana go against Mike Vick and we're going to get to see Tom Brady go against, I don't know, somebody from the Fran Tarkenton, I think was the lead quarterback for the Vikings. Like that's awesome. It is. Now I do have a big issue. The fact that the quarterback for the Packers is going to be Brett Favre than Aaron Rodgers. In my mind, That's a it was the most fun one to debate because I believe they hit you in different parts of your body. Brett Favre hits you in your heart. Brett Favre, when you think of Brett Favre, you close your eyes right now. What do you see? You see Brett Favre running down the sideline, holding up a helmet with one finger pointed to the air as he knocks off Terry Glenn and the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. That's Brett Favre. Brett Favre is Monday night football against the Oakland Raiders, throwing up bombs to honor his father who just passed and changing life. Brett Favre is copper fit. Okay, Brett Favre is jeans in the backyard, throwing it to some dude diving into a puddle. That's Brett Favre. (laughs) But Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played, and he's better than Brett Favre. Brett, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown to interception ratio makes Brett Favre look like Jameis Winston. Okay? Brett Favre hits you in your heart. Aaron Rodgers hits you in your head. And while I understand in the BR Goat Sim that we had to let it up for a vote and Brett Favre was the guy, I would have gone Aaron Rodgers. Got a huge issue there. Okay? I would also say that people that picked Bart Starr, you have a very good argument too, but I don't know if the technology goes that far back. And the only one that I had a question with for my own team is that the vote went up for the quarterback of the Eagles. And was it Carson Wentz, Donovan McNabb, or Randall Cunningham? And Donovan got picked. And I know that Brian Westbrook and Brian Dawkins and all my favorite players would say, Adam, it's McNabb, but I'm telling you, I would have wanted Cunningham. Because in Eagles' minds, Eagles fans' minds, we have been told our entire lives that Randall Cunningham ran that that Buddy Ryan team's offense by himself. And they had an amazing defense and said, Randall, you figure it out. Well, I would have loved to have seen Randall Cunningham with Terrell Owens and Harold Carmichael and Brian Westbrook. I just I think that Randall Cunningham is up there for greatest athletes to ever play the position. And frankly, I love Donovan, I love Five, and I love Wentz. But if you're making me pick my all-time quarterback team and you can't let me pick for the Eagles, Norm Van Brocklin, then I am picking Randall Cunningham. Just a personal uh, Eagles issue right there. Yeah, I think this was a discussion that we had with our good friend Brian Westbrook on the pod a few months ago where we were talking about what quarterback would you want if you had to win one game. And his pick was Michael Vick because Mm. Michael Vick can win you any single game against any opponent, against any defensive scheme. 
he his ceiling can give you something that no other quarterback can give you. And Randall Cunningham is a little bit of that. I am going to be, again, doing the game on Wednesday, uh, the Eagles game. But again, check it out. It's going to be 7 or 8 o'clock every night, four different simulations, BR Goat Sims. Check it out on the Bleach Report Twitch channel. Um, I don't know if you checked out what the calendar says, David Ingber, but it's a lot more than just March 30th. You know what it is? It's the big off season. Whoa, whoa. Big off season. It's sorry for blowing out your eardrums is officially back. Um, and it's better than ever. Uh, this first one, David, I want your true reaction to this. Okay. For sure. Man named Dan Saley and his wife, Stephanie, they're driving down interstate 15 in Las Vegas. They don't know what to call their child. That's come. That's going to be born soon. Uh, and they're driving down and Eureka, Dan looks over and sees the construction for the new Raiders stadium. And he looks at his wife, Stephanie, who is from Switzerland and does not really understand American sports at all and says, we should call our son Raider. And so our first, whoa, big off season is there's a couple in Las Vegas that just named their son Raider. And I love it. It is officially beginning. It's so great. It reminds me of that 30 Rock joke when uh, Tracy Morgan, Tracy Jordan, and his wife had like some crazy night. And he's like, we want to name our daughter after where she was conceived, but we're not sure if she was conceived in Virginia or at Denny's bathroom. So we're not sure which name to choose. <laughs> And she's like, no, no, go for Virginia. Virginia's That's fine. That's amazing. And apparently the number two choice was Charlemagne. So, and the best part was in the article, I believe it was the, the paper out there in Las Vegas, the, the dad said, we didn't want to name that him anything weird like Apple. And I said, bro, your options were Raider and Charlemagne. And you're you're worried about whether or not you're normal. But you know what? Like... That's that's what the news stories that are going to pop up in whoa big off season. It's kids getting called a raider. I love it, dude. I love it. It's a great off season topic, but it's also you're saddling that kid with a lot. You know, we've all we all know that one person who got their middle name named after some athlete that didn't necessarily come through in the clutch. Like if if I were to name my daughter's middle name Brady or something like that, that's a legend. But now this guy's on the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's like a rough thing to deal with. You know, Man, that's so funny. Where it's like, you know what? I got this. I, I think I'm going to call my kid Buckner. He's got a lot of promise. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, early in his career. What, what are the names that we instantly regretted? All right. Let, let's think about that. In the meantime, we are going to have our draft expert, Connor Rogers, half of Stick to Football with Matt Miller and a third of Mello in there as well. But he's going to break down what's the current vibe in the NFL right now with the NFL draft. And more importantly, at the end, some bets that you can bet on the draft. The information's not out there, but Connor has it. And two of them, the value that we gave you two weeks ago, it's already changing. That's how good he is. So here's our convo with Connor Rogers. It is now time to talk to our good friend, our main man, a stick to football, Connor Rogers, who is holding it down where? Where are you right now? Hoboken, New Jersey, baby. Man. The original home of the uh, full shutdown. Yes. In the United States. Wet as us. So, uh, I've been in here for quite some time. You're telling me that the epicenter is where a lot of young people go out and have no regard? You mean Hoboken? It lined up perfectly. Shocking, right? Connor, we're, uh, we're recording this on Monday, so 24 days before the draft. Uh, we are missing pro days. There is 
um, no team workouts. And I'm just kind of curious. I know you talk to a lot of people in the league, scouts, teams. What's the overall vibe? Do they feel excited by the challenge? Do they feel overwhelmed? What's the vibe right now? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I think definitely overwhelmed. I think the thing that guys are not used to is working from home because you have to realize, Lefko, uh, these are people that live on the road for mm. so much of their working this is lives. Scouts, um, I mean, even executives, and it could be on both sides, the pro side, the college side, uh, because for the pro guys, they're doing the advances each week, and then they get involved in the scouting process when their pro work dies down after free agency. And for the college guys, it's a full year-round kind of process. Same with the executives. So the fact that they cannot go into their facilities right now and have these meetings that mm. uh, can be very alpha, these meetings where you have a player, you know, a scout presenting on a player and being challenged by the group and seeing how he holds back and fighting for those players. I mean, how serious can those things be on something like a Zoom call? Are all teams even using Zoom calls? What teams are behind? What teams are ahead? So I think from the big picture standpoint, if you're a prepared team that understands the evaluation process, that has good sources at every single school, that's done your homework for the last 15 months on this class, you shouldn't feel panic and shouldn't feel like, how can we do this? This but at the oh, end this, of the, this yeah. honestly feels to me like when you get a uh, an assignment and there's some people in the class that do it right away and there's some people that do it the night before, who are the teams in your mind that you think are probably the most prepared right now? And who are the teams that, that you think this could be hurting the most because they relied the most on pro days and in-team visits? Me personally, I think the teams that will not struggle are basically the ones that have a lot of, uh, you know, chemistry with the coaching staff to understand what players they're looking for. And this goes back to I remember watching the Rams all or nothing towards the end of the series. You see Sean McVay sitting with sitting with Les Snead and you understand not only McVay's influence since he took the job, but McVay's understanding of how to put players in his scheme and maximize the talent. Niners I think for sure. The Niners are the team that come to mind for me. I think Kyle understands that really well. I think the defensive staff with Salah understands that very well. I think you see the Niners willing to move on from a premium player and take on something like the 13th overall pick shows that they needed more assets. They don't have a second or third round pick, so they needed something like that. But it also shows that they have an idea of what they want to do in the first round of this draft. So it what, seems like what that. About, what about the other side, man? Like, because it's funny, like we were talking before that you were saying that the Bengals spend the least on scouting. But in a weird way, the Bengals and Lions have a huge advantage because they both coach the senior bowl team. So that will be an advantage there. But who are the other teams right now that you're a little bit worried about that they might leave this draft and they just weren't ready for it? Yeah, I think you look at it, you're looking at either – uh, new GMs or scouting departments that, uh, you know, have a lot of volatility. I, I know I don't mean to continue to harp on this team, but I think they deserve it. The Houston Texans are a team that had no idea how to plan for the draft last year when they got jumped by the Eagles and lost Andre Dillard. This year, sure, they acquired a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Do I have the faith that they're going to use that second round pick in the right way? Personally, no. I don't think they're a team that has. I never thought really about that. I, dude, I never thought about that. When that trade happens, you look at the value of a second round pick. And in our mind as fans, we go, oh, that could be a good player. But in a year where you're not being able to scout these guys at all and they've had issues with their department, what really is the value of a second round pick to the Houston Texans in 2020 during coronavirus? 
that's the problem. And there's teams that will possibly go find their DeAndre Hopkins in the second round of this draft. That's how good the wide receiver class is. But the teams that are prepared, the teams that are ready, and that's not even getting into the medical issues there. So it, it really comes into, you know, how plugged in are you? The, an interesting caveat that I find one of the guys that unfortunately had an injury detected at the combine and won't go through medical rechecks and won't have a pro day and won't have a chance to show anything is Van Jefferson from Florida. His dad is the wide receivers coach for the New York Jets. Who do you think is going to have the most information? And this is one wow. example. This is just one example of how these things can go. The Jets will have all the information in the world on Van Jefferson, while no other team probably will because they won't get to do the medical recheck and they won't get to see him at a pro day if he was healthy enough to do so. And what kind that- of a prospect have you thought Van Jefferson I really like him. I think in this class, he is a top of third round wide receiver with a very high floor because he's a possession guy with good hands and good routes. Now, the athletes are going to go ahead of him in the top 50. But if you're looking for a plug and play number three, he's that kind of guy. And I think how teams value him is going to be very different because I've seen teams that thought coming into the senior bowl, he was a fifth or sixth round guy because lack of production. But if you watch the quarterback situation from Florida, you can't really judge a guy like that. So. It's interesting to me. That's just a very interesting guy because of the ties to the Jets that you got to be thinking third round, just kind of pencil them in. Look, I know, look, without Pro Day, how can they do this? 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Jack Lambert, Mike Webster. There was no combine. There was no Pro Days. And they put an emphasis on production. And I'm curious, could this be the draft where we see guys, maybe even seniors that have big numbers being drafted over possible projects because we're not getting those workouts? Could it flip a little this year? Yeah, it will. And this is something that before we did this show, I was talking to an executive last night because I wanted to have a back and forth before we did this show. And I said, when it comes down to it, who is this going to impact? And he said, it's really simple. It's going to impact the small school guys because the small school guys do not have the film against the top tier guys where it's a proven aspect. Some small school guys won't have the they don't have the production at a power five kind of school. And now they don't have the workouts. I mean, you can go back and look at somebody like Austin Eckler that was coming out of Western Colorado or it was he had to have his pro day at Colorado's pro day and really got noticed by one scout from the Chargers the Chargers didn't get whoever they wanted for their practice squad that year and took the flyer on Eckler instead those are the stories that are going to be impacted this year where you're right Lefko, a college senior in the SEC that was probably not a great player but was a serviceable coachable player that can come in and be a backup right away might go in the fifth round right now where in other drafts that guy's a udfa every single year when you factor this all together what is the undrafted free agent process going to be like in the nfl draft this year I'm fascinated by it. I think it's going to be based on a lot of connections. I think you'll see a lot of local type things. I'm I'm also watching this closely right now as COVID-19 is expected to, you know, the shutdown is supposed to stay through at least the end of the month. So to the draft, I thought there was a chance that after these two weeks, teams could have found a way to get more of a buzz on local guys that would have been able to go out and wouldn't be a full scale workout where you have 200 people in a turf facility watching a guy throw, watching a guy run. But it might be. That You know, for instance, the New York Giants in North Jersey can go down to a Rutgers or can go down to a smaller school or drive north in the tri-state area, things like that. So I think that kind of stuff is going to be impacted now or is is what about with all the way this is playing out? What about the quality of this undrafted free agent class? 
I think it'll go down as the greatest UDFA class that we have possibly ever seen in the last, you know, 25 years or so since the draft process has been the way it is, because simply guys are going to miss. And also a big one is guys are going to go undrafted simply because they did not have the medical checks or rechecks that they deserve to have. And that is from 30 visits. Those are the 30 visits that teams can do right now. They're limited to FaceTime. You are not having a team doctor get anything done through a FaceTime call. So those guys are going to go and drafted teams will look at the board. They will take the player off the stick and board or the whiteboard, and they will throw them in the trash or move them to the category that says street free agent. Mm. And, and when that happens, that guy could come into camp and be like, holy shit, he's three months ahead, three months ahead of schedule, or this isn't a chronic lifelong injury, but teams will not take the risk on their draft capital that they usually will without having the proper information. I could see it being the greatest class ever. It's funny. So much of mock drafts is based on rumors and things. And, and one of the best way to do it is to look at who's visiting who. And I'm sure that the best NFL teams track the other teams and who's visiting them. And I was going to say, man, so much of that information is gone. And then I get alert on my BR app saying that the Raiders are FaceTiming with Justin Herbert. So apparently that news is not stopping. That was Rappaport. So I guess now... Is there only going to be 30 official FaceTime calls or is it is can you get unlimited FaceTimes? I'm curious. The league has been not very transparent with how this month is going right now. I know GMs and executives across the league have been very frustrated with the commissioner because they wanted the draft pushed back. They felt like this process has not been done right at all. The league is not going to cave in any way. So I do wonder if uh, the give me in return to the front offices is, hey, FaceTime with as many players as you want to, or it will be 30 visits. I haven't seen that information made to the public. And I should ask some people about that when I get the chance, because I still don't think that's enough of a give me. But yeah. at least it's something where you do get to interview every player, probably for a second time or players that you didn't get to talk to because they weren't combine invites. Yeah, I read an article in which Mel Kuyper was interviewed. It was in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he was talking about how, oh, we should keep doing this. We're still doing our mocks. We're st and it's like, look, there's a difference between the media covering the draft and the people doing the draft. Completely. My big question is going to be, how will the GMs be judged on this draft? Will it be as a mulligan or as a truth serum? Will we look at this and go, oh, wow, you know what? The Seahawks, their draft process was so good. They killed everyone. That's a testament to them. Or are we going to look at the, like, I'm just making up teams, the Falcons and go, you know what? We got to give them a slide. They missed, but they didn't have the information. I feel like we're going to end up doing both when we look back at the 2020 draft. I think it depends on where you're picking. And I think if you're in the top 12 to 15 picks, you don't get an excuse in this draft because you look at it that I feel comfortable with. What the about players. Tua? We talked yeah. about this before, though. If you don't let your doctors push on that hip, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I think the biggest equation with Tua is if you believe he could stay healthy, not if he can get healthy. That's the question for gotcha. me. And I think with Tua, I, I go back to, you know, a conversation that we have on Stick to Football all the time. I'm a firm believer that I would take Tua with the injury risk because I know he's a good player over Justin Herbert without the injury risk, who I think is not a good player. Um. We it seems just to uh, continue on the quarterbacks. Joe Burrow's going number one, and then you have Tua, Herbert, and Love. Herbert and Love. I would say those are the other three that could go in the first round, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's correct. I know that you're looking at the mocks right now, and it's it's interesting uh, with the Lions and what they could do at three. We have this cluster who could move up. Um, 
Do you think there could be a mystery team that jumps over this cluster of the Dolphins and the Chargers to stack, to snag one of these guys? Do you think that there could be a team that we're not even thinking about that's trying to move up to take a Tua or a Herbert or a Love? I think so. I think the team that comes to my mind is the Raiders. Now, I think the odds are low, but they have the capital to do it, having 12 and 19 and other picks in the class. I think they should stay pat yeah, and get a wide Derek Carr and, and Mariota, that would be very interesting. If yeah, but Look, we know Gruden they likes would to collect Carr. quarterbacks. It, they would move Carr, I think, in that scenario. What I wonder is, it, did they feel comfortable with signing Mariota knowing that he has the persona to take on a rookie quarterback coming in the building? While right. it's been made very evident from the Carr family on Twitter for quite some time, they do not have that kind of persona where they're willing to do that. Oh, so, not at all. So it's interesting to me, and I I wouldn't do it, but would it shock me? I mean, everybody in the league knows right now Gruden's been doing all his – he always is going to do his research on the quarterbacks, but of course. he is very into this class specifically, especially a guy like Justin Herbert that has all the physical traits that Not a guy like cannon. Gruden would love. Um, if not I mean, the Raiders, yeah. who else? Man, it, it kind of – you know, free agency kind of killed a lot of the hope around somebody like the Bucks the Colts with the big trade they made. So I, and the problem I have with the saints taking a quarterback is what about the they're, Patriots? Bro? They're in a one year window. New what England about the is Patriots blow. New England is 100% the one I, I talk okay. about this all the time. New England wouldn't surprise me if they do this. They just sit at 23 and take a quarterback that we weren't expecting at all. Jalen hurts, Jake Fromm. that wouldn't shock me in the slightest wow. bit and, and just go, whatever. We're good with him. Even though no one else is, uh, especially Jalen hurts because of the mental makeup and the mobility that I think Belichick wants in his, you know, going forward, something that he has not had, it seems like, in this lifetime. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know, will Jordan Love fall right into their lap? On our last mock draft on Stick to Football, he did. I think somebody will trade up for Jordan Love in that scenario, but he could fall right into New England's lap as well. Can I ask you a Jordan Love question? Please. Uh, I was I was listening to a bunch of um, podcasts and people breaking down the quarterback position, and this is the vibe I get on all these guys. Uh, Joe Burrow is cool. The thing that scares you about Joe Burrow, other than hand size, is that everywhere you looked, he was playing at the best people in the country. Best wide receivers, best offensive line, amazing tight ends. And it it, it scares you because he doesn't have the gun. But other than that, man, the way he can move in the pocket, protects the ball with two hands, he looks great. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, there are moments of absolute brilliance. But the fact that he keeps getting hurt and he's not that big, and again, he's surrounded by the best people in the country are the concerns there. Herbert, Manny's got wheels. Manny's got a gun. But there's kind of questions about the offense, too. He didn't have all the talent around him. But you see plays sometimes where you go, I don't like him. And I also feel like people question his manhood. That's where I see on him. And then with Jordan Love, this is my fear. The only thing I hear about him is comparisons. He's like a mini Mahomes. He's a poor man's Russell Wilson. And I, we have talked about these biases. He is a he is an African-American light-skinned quarterback at a smaller school. Okay, so naturally we're comparing him to Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes and I guess Wisconsin Russell Wilson. And it whenever I hear that, it really scares me. But people then also say, but his top end is amazing. But I don't know if it's just because they're comparing him to Mahomes, which is like, you cannot compare anybody to Mahomes. I, you immediately lose me. So where is where is love and were those breakdowns accurate from what I'm hearing? 
honestly, Lefko, there's a good chance that he's Jake Locker. I mean, just to keep it real with wow. you with that, a, a guy that was it has, that many checkdown throws? Uh, not necessarily, but more so that he has the big arm and the mobility, and you're just looking for the production that's not there with the high interception numbers that were there. So, and I know that some people here that's a ridiculous comparison, but. If we're going to throw out there that he's a poor man's Mahomes, I can throw out that he might be Jake Locker. I think that's completely fair. So when you look at it with Jordan Love, when it comes down to it, he is a developmental guy that can move and has a good arm. And a lot of people will obviously allude to whether it's Mahomes, Russ, I mean, even Kaepernick. I don't think he has that long speed that Kaepernick had. But I think when it comes down to it for Love, he's somebody where the 2018 film in a system that was working with a good head coach. What what was the system and who was the coach? It was Matt Wells. Where is he now? Uh, I need to check, actually. I didn't even... Just information he, for everybody. The big story about Jordan Love, if you haven't been paying attention, again, I've been catching up on it. Wells at Texas Tech. Okay. So Wells... So he had a coach, Jordan Love, in 2018. Everything was going right. The system was great. It was clicking. What kind of a system was it? What kind of throws were they asking of him? Well, he's going to spread it out, but also be able to push the ball down the field with guys that are simply just getting open at more simpler reads. And this year... I don't yeah, even then they get a it. new coach in 2019. They get, it doesn't they get, go as well. They get a new coach. and I can't even sit here and blame the system, but more so the players. The drop rate was absolutely insane. Mm. Uh, the, the players are not separating because they don't have the speed. And when you have a guy like Wells who goes to Texas Tech, they're going to get athletes, right? We know that about Texas Tech. No matter if they win four games, right. which they did this year, there's a lot of seasons there. Cliff Kingsbury was there a long time and had plenty of seasons where he underachieved in their eyes. So, It's a tough place for recruiting, but you're going to get athletes. And I think at Utah State this year, Jordan Love didn't have guys that have the size, the catch radius, the speed, and the hands. uh, How many times when you watch Jordan Love do you stop the film and go, wow? I mean, a handful per game, I would say. I I would say there's two to three a game. Because I I don't really care that much about interceptions that much in college if you're being asked to do a lot. I mean, look, I I bring up Dak Prescott all the time. You know what I mean? Like he had a lot of interceptions, but because they were like, bro, we need you to win in the SEC. Yeah. But with Jordan Love, it's interesting. I go back to that book about biases that Michael Lewis wrote, and he was explaining that – Uh, The Houston Texans, part of the reason they passed on DeAndre Jordan was because his production in his last year was so bad. And then they went and learned that later it's because he hated his coach and he didn't want to play there and it messed up all the numbers. And so when there's a coaching change, I don't know if it's 2018's the real or 2019's the real because Jordan Love's going to come in and it's going to be a little bit like 2019. Whole new system, whole new coach. And the fucked up thing, Connor, is in the end is – all of these takes won't matter until we know where he goes. Because yep. if Jordan Love goes to the Patriots, it's a lot different than if Jordan Love goes to. I mean, let's be Carolina. Real. I don't yeah. know. No, even Carol. I, I well, get it. Well, that's Matt Rule. And that might be great. And Joe Brady. And yeah. I think, and he gets to sit behind Teddy. So I think with Love, though. I mean, let's just call it like it is. If Jordan Love is going number one overall to the Bengals, you would have concerns that this is not going to pan out because are the turnovers going to go, you know, down with a bad offensive line in front of him or a system by Zach Taylor that we haven't seen anything from personally. I know he was the guy that you, oh, it could be the next McVay. We haven't seen anything from him in that regard. When I look at Love, it comes down to it like this. I remember when, and I hate bringing this back to Mahomes, but it's only fair. You bring it, and I'll bring it back to Herbert. There's two to three throws per game where you go, man, not a lot of guys can make those throws. But the play by play, right, 
of it does not equal to me a first round quarterback. And just to show where I stand on this, even though if love goes early, I mean, I look at this, I, I don't have love in my top 25 players and I don't have Herbert in my top 40 players. So wow. it's a two quarterback class. And if anyone wants to argue with that, they're just looking to, you know, they're betting on the landing spot and the player right. hitting as traits. And to put Herbert in good perspective, I had drew lock in the, in between 40 to 50 Last year, I had Josh Allen between 40 to 50 that year. Mm. Herbert is 44 for me right now. So the same kind of player. And as I continue to stack this class, I mean, I could see Love hovering right around 28 to 30 in this class only because I think he worked with less. Herbert had the best offensive line in the country. They won the award for that. Oh, so, my bad. I, I, then no, I, but, I he was, is, but his wide receiver cast was not good. So you were okay. not wrong. He did not have good pass catchers. He had a good offensive line. Jordan Love just didn't have any of that. And the same could be said for Daniel Jones at Duke. I think he had the highest drop rate of any quarterback in that class that year and not a good offensive line. And, you know, the jury's still out on guys like that. But it it matters when all is said and done. All right. So what we're trying to do also, because teams are going to have information and all that, you can still make money on this. In fact, it might be the best year to bet on this. The last time Connor was on here, he gave us two bets. He said, number one, Henry Ruggs, take him as the first wide receiver drafted. When Connor told us he was plus 700. Right now, Ruggs is at plus 420. The value has dropped, but that's the benefit if you were betting with Connor. And not only that, I saw a tweet the other day from Daniel Jeremiah where he said, wouldn't be surprised if Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver drafted. You heard that from Connor Rogers two weeks ago. The other bet that Connor told you about, Cole Kemet, the first tight end drafted at the time, plus 100, which means you bet 100, you get back 200. Well, guess what? Now it's off the board. Like they're not even letting you bet on tight end because it's so much of a lock. Again, if you bet with Connor, you would have gotten value. So we don't know if those are going to hit, but it is proven that Connor has given us value thus far. I feel very good about the Cole Komet one. I think that was a huge botch by FanDuel when they opened up with it. The fact that it's off the board tells you everything you need to know. I'm going to go through some of my Yeah, what else do you got that people can go? And if you can bet right now, if you have the ways, if it's legal in your state, maybe take a look at this. Again, only do it if you have money to spare. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. But what do you got for us, Connor? Yeah, so I did, you know, and we'll see how this goes here. But uh, another Ruggs one, plus 108 that he goes under draft slot 15 and a half. So he mm. goes in the, him going in the top 15 makes you your money back and more. Who's at 16? Um, 16 is the Falcons. Gotcha. Interesting. And yeah. then who's at 15? Uh, 15 is the Broncos and they will take him at 15. Because that's there. the thing. If you go under six, 15 and a half, you have the Broncos, you have the Niners, um, and you Raiders. have the Raiders. All three teams that every time I look at a mock are taking a wide receiver. And and Ruggs, in almost everyone's account, is a top three wide receiver, him, Judy, and CD. And the Bucks just lost Brashad Perriman, who's saying right. they're not going to take a third wide receiver and say... And they're not it. taking DeAndre Swift either at that no, point of the draft. No. So I, I like Ruggs in the top 15 for plus 108. I feel like that's good money. I think that's... I think, you know what? Anytime that you can get plus on something that you feel like a lock. All right, we're loading up. It's the Henry Ruggs betting draft. I like this. All right, what's number so two for you? Here's one where you're risking more, but I feel great about it. The odds are minus 112. So I threw 50 bucks on this one to make almost 45 bucks. Yeah. Jalen Hurts goes in the top 75 picks. 
Mm, and you said that was minus 112. Minus 112. Um, and in the top 75. So that's, was that three rounds? It is the first round plus 11 picks. You mean the second round? I mean the second round plus 11 picks, sorry. So will he go in the top half of the third round at least? Why are you so confident in that? Because somebody will take him at, le- at least as their backup in those picks. Whether you have the Steelers, you have New England, once again, you look at it, there are teams like, uh, he fits Minnesota really well, even though they just signed Kirk Cousins. Go I'm going to be honest. When Jalen Hurts was benched in the championship game for Tua, at that point, and then he went to Oklahoma, he had an amazing year. But at that point, I went, hey, man, he might be a great college quarterback, but with my NFL eyes, this is a guy that can't throw the ball. Why would he go? What, what What's the view of him, though, in the NFL, other than he was a Saban guy and then he went and did well with Lincoln? What's the view? He, he made himself a lot of money at the Senior Bowl and Combine with the oh. way he threw. People thought that he's cleaned up his mechanics very, very well. He's been working with Quincy Avery, who – Got Deshaun Watson ready for the draft. Got Dwayne Haskins ready for the draft. Now he's working exclusively with Jalen right now. And Jalen looks like a much improved thrower. And I just think the demand for a mobile quarterback just outweighs the market right now where somebody will use a top 75 pick on him. I totally get it. I mean, the fact that the Broncos went out and gave a contract to Jeff Driscoll in free agency shows you you need a quarterback that can move. All right, what's another bet you got? And for look us? at PJ Walker coming from the XFL. Who's to say Jalen Hurts can't be better? Are than you PJ ready Walker? for Teddy to tweak his ankle and then in like week three, Carolina has uh, PJ Walker throwing to Robbie Anderson and Matt Rules just brings Temple to the NFL? It would be so much fun. All right, let's look at a couple more here. Okay. Oh, you got a bunch. Yeah, some of them are like, I gave you the ones that I feel good about okay. off the top. So uh, another well, one Don't is, give me too much. Only give me the ones that you're feeling a little juice. Because when it comes to betting, yeah, but then again, I've learned, it's you just might as well bet them all. Yeah, I mean, rock with what you, just roll <laughs> with what you got. I took no running backs in the first round because okay. it was pl- plus 170. And so the questions that you have there are probably DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And what's the reason you feel... I think there's too many other needs for the teams that would take them. Like Miami needs a running back. They I feel like sec- Miami and Tampa are the teams that everyone says the most. Yeah, and Tampa won't take one at 14. And Miami, unless they trade back, bro. Yeah, but who's coming up to four? I mean, I guess the, the Patriots to take to take love. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I think when you look at it. Miami has two second round picks. They can get a running back there. I mean, every year you think that a running back's not going to go. Sony Michelle gets drafted by the Patriots and Rashad Penny goes to the Seahawks and you go, what the fuck is going on? Yep. And then I did. Um, so I have a theory that Miami is going to take Justin Herbert. So I just did Dolphins plus one at 25 Herbert for like a weren't low they, Weren't they reportedly very interested in him before last year? Yeah, I was telling you in 2018, they did a lot of work on him. And I have a weird feeling the Chargers are going to jump them for Tua. So Dolphin, what was the plus one uh, for Herbert? Herbert was plus 125 to the Dolphins. And you think that the that Anthony Lynn is going to want to jump to go to Herbert uh, to get Tua and then get a Tua Eckler Man, Tua, Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams offense. And they just got Trey Turner and they just signed Brian Balaga. Yep. It's a very interesting offseason for the Chargers who also signed Linval Joseph and Chris Harris Jr. 
Oh, the defense is stacked. Absolutely loaded. And two out of them was plus 195, which I like as well. I just but, stacked But a Tua Eckler option is scary. It'd be phenomenal. It's the perfect offense for him. And Anthony Lynn is, I think Anthony Lynn's quietly been a good coach there. Well, the one thing that Anthony Lynn can do is coach up some run schemes. And oh, if yeah. he has a quarterback, that, that's why I was kind of interested a little bit in Tyrod, but Tua is, is so much better. So you got, I have four down. I don't know if you have any more. Ruggs plus 108 gets drafted under 15 and a half. Jalen Hurts goes top 75. No running backs in the first round and the Dolphins draft Herbert. Yep. And the Chargers draft Tua. Oh, what's that n- on number? Plus 195. Wow. Yeah, that one. I'm surprised you're not getting more juice. Yeah, I know. Which one? Which of the last of the last three? No running backs. Dolphins draft Herbert. Chargers draft two. Do you feel the most confident about? Ooh, confident the running backs. The one that I'm excited about is the quarterback pairings. Just because I I did it like this, guys. To me, my Cole Komet bet was free money. So I took all of the money from that bet and dumped it into the quarterback pairings. I love that. I love that. So love that's that. how confident I am in that bet. Uh, Connor, you're the man. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to hear you on the, uh, Madden goat Sims. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then of course, check him and our guy, Matt Miller out on stick to football. We're going to try and get a, uh, a threesome going soon, um, uh, for the NFL draft. Uh, and then we're going to be going live April 23rd, April 24th, doing the draft. It should be great. Connor, you're the man. Oh, it was great talking to you guys. Let's do this again soon, all right? I would love that a lot. And now, uh, Connor is a huge fan of the New York Jets, formerly of the New York Jets. Avery Williamson had a chance to interview him during the Super Bowl. So let's kind of figure out how he's handling rehab and take a listen to our interview with Avery Williamson. Before we start with uh, Avery Williamson, linebacker, Jets, I believe you're a free agent now. Are you? One more year. Okay. Get your jokes out. You walked over, you start joking, just get them all out. Your makeup is very beautiful. Okay. Your voice sounds very raspy. Yeah? Do your imitation of it. <laughs> Fuck you. My name is Coat. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I'm done. I've known you for a long time now. Uh, I've been out, I've seen you out. Uh, you got a real good star quality look to you. Thank you. Do you get that a lot? Do people look at you and go, I don't know who you are, but I know you're somebody? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, well, are they like big black dude? <laughs> you must you gotta play, play sports. Football. You got to play football. But uh, people are like, oh, you have a great smile. Like, oh, that's a good they, compliment. Or, it is. Uh, or they like, you know, uh, when they know I play football, they're like, well, you should do TV you know, when you're done. You've said that before. Yeah, that I you want to do it. Yeah. Do you want to do football TV, though? I don't know. Like, So don't this know. is interesting. It's, it's a lot of options. I'm friends with Travis Kelsey. Uh-huh. I was talking to Cam Jordan. We always want to put you guys into do football. But most of you guys don't even want to talk about football when you're done. Dude, that's the talk thing. Talk about the truth. You know I, what I mean? I mean, like I, I I was saying that I want to do football, but I don't know if I want that task of like wanting to look at stats every week, looking at teams. like Talk shit about guys. It's tedious. Look, Michael Strahan fucked everybody up. Because he set this course. Nate Burleson's doing that shit. Yeah. But there's like, it's so rare. But everyone's like, I want to do that. Yeah. And No, it's, it's definitely. I mean, it's a, that's, that's a dream come true right? to do it. I mean, straight hand changed the game. Changed the game. Like, changed the game. On, being on uh, with uh, what, with Kelly, freaking Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean I it's crazy. Were, was it your mom that was on TV? 
Or was that Darren Lee's mom? I had to be D. Lee's mom. It was D. Yeah, Lee's mom. Yeah, yeah. All right, tell me about this year because injuries have been very early on. I don't think you've ever experienced that before. No. Mentally, what was that like for you? It was terrible. <laughs> I remember. <clears throat> what was the injury? Uh, tore my ACL. Shit. And uh, a grade three MCL. And how, what part of the year was that? Second preseason game. Damn. Yeah, it was crazy. So you're getting ready for a big year. I'm getting ready for a huge year. I mean, I was working my ass off. Yeah. You know, getting ready for the year, and bam, just like that, it happened. Mm. But, uh, dude, when they say mental, it's it's so, it, like, the mental part of it is so huge. Candace Parker, who I'm doing the Tuesday NBA show, we were talking about um, one of the Dwight Powell, the Mavericks, popped his Achilles. And she said the worst part is it's not just the rehab. It's that while you're rehabbing, you're watching other people improve. Yeah. And you're just trying to get back to where you were. <clears throat> is that the mental issue? Dude, like it's a kid uh, towards ACL at Alabama, had his surgery the week before mine. And he's doing, he was doing way more mm. than I was. I mean, he's still doing more than I am now. Like, he's like damn near, you know, healed up. Right. 100%. Yeah. And I'm still struggling. Damn. So <clears throat> it's like everybody's, they, they, everybody heals differently. Exactly. Like, I've been working, 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 but. Yes. It's like, it's only so much like the body's, and it's going to heal on its own. What, um, what were those moments where you really did kind of have to look out and reach out for help? Because uh, it was too much. Man. It was, it was probably this. I say the the last <clears throat> last preseason game when the season was about to start. I really was in a, a tough spot, man, and um, dude, I was messed up, man. Just like mad, yeah, crying, and just like I was just pissed off. Like I, did, how could you not? I did, be? I, did, I did like my dad. <laughs> he was <clears throat> like I talked to my parents like, pretty much every day. Sure, uh, but like. Some days, like, I'm busy. Like, during the season, like, I don't get to talk to him. But, like, this year, it's like every day I was talking to him. And he was – I could tell he was worried about me. Sure. But, uh, man, it was it was a point. He had to kind of talk me off the <laughs> off the edge. I was just like – I was in a bad spot, bro. Yeah. And just like knowing I can't do anything, seeing my team playing. And, I mean, it's, it's tough because you don't know what your future might hold. Dude. But he's kind of got to – he's you know, he just straight up, he's like, look, you're blessed. You you know you've been playing. Yeah. This is year, that was year six. Uh, you get to rest your body. Uh, you know he just put kind of put things into perspective, and it helps. He's like, I, I know you want to compete, but you got to put things into perspective. You know you got to realize your blessings. Was there a part of the rehab that really gave you hope, where you were able to do something that you were like, okay, I got this. Um. Or are we still in it? I mean, you go through little, like little levels, you know, of, of, of sure. improvement. I'm trying to think of a, a big one. I mean, shoot, just the first one was probably just a couple weeks after surgery, getting out the brace and like just walking on my on my own and not having that shit. Yeah, because that it's like a sign. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you get to man. Throw that shit out, dude. Like. Uh, yeah, when I threw the crutches away, and I was like, man, I don't need this brace. And, like, just kind of feeling my way back, like, walking. Right. Like, that was that was a big moment. Uh, the the first time I got to run on the Alter G. Ooh. Yeah, that was huge. Because it's funny. I'm sure there were times where you didn't want to run on that shit when you were healthy. Nah. I don't need this shit. <laughs> and now you're like, let me fucking run, Dude. bro. Yeah. 
So, man, I mean, it's, it's definitely – it's it's uh it's like baby steps, man. Yes. Baby steps, dude. How has it changed your perspective of all the years you were healthy and you saw people in the room? It changes it a lot. Yeah. Like you look at guys a lot differently, you know, when a guy complains about man, you know, this is hurt like from an injury or uh just talking about the recovering, the recovery process, you like man, you know, it you like He's stretching it. Yeah, yeah. but when you go through it, I mean, it's it's hell. Damn. I mean, even even now, like just sleeping, still like like when my knee is straight, really? when I'm laying in bed, I wake up in the middle of the night, you know, and it's aching. Damn. You know, so it's, I mean, but it's CBD just, oil, baby, <laughs> rub it on anything, man. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 uh, you don't realize that what you got to go through, um, to you know get through an injury, man, until you go through it. Like the mental, the physical, like. The rehab every day. When I hit my two-week mark after surgery, post-surgery, I, I was my, my parents were down there with me, and I told them, I, I told my mom, I, said, I can't do this pain. I said I got to go through this it's every day. <laughs> wow, and you mean yeah. like the rehab of like yeah, working? Yeah, rehab. It. Yeah, bending. They, when, like when they start bending and stuff. Like yes. Yeah, I'm like I can't do this. Shit. <laughs> so yeah, because it's not like strength pain. It's not like yeah. you're doing a squat or a deadlift and you're like, I know it, but it's, as soon as I drop these weights, it's I'm over. feel like a fucking monster. It's scar tissue breaking yeah. up pain. Shit. I'm, dude, I've never experienced that, and I'm so not even going to say I can I'm do on that. my. So we got to do it like it's called a prone a prone stretch. So you're laying on your stomach, and they try to get your heel to your butt. So <laughs> That's not possible. Dude, <laughs> one time they, um, I was at the Jets facility training and stretching me. He keeps on pushing. He keeps on pushing. I'm like, all right, bro, I can't take anymore. Can't take anymore. Keeps on pushing. It pops. No, bro. <laughs> what I tell did you? Did you think it was the ACL again, bro? I didn't know what happened. I was like, <laughs> and what did he say? He's got like no. But it, I was like, I was, I'm done. What I'm, the fuck was it? It just was like an tissue. air bubble or a well, scare. Just like just like scar tissue Shit. and stuff just moving. Because I would have been like, bro, if you fucked me up. I'll fucking kill I'll fucking hey, I was like, I'm done. Damn. I was, I was screwed up, man. I mean, you guys had a lot of injuries. I mean, you also had, I mean, Sam was a friend of mine. Mono. Yeah, man. Did you, like, see how bad he was during that whole thing? I was. Because he was telling me, he's like, bro, I could not keep anything down. I could not get out of bed. Yeah, I was gone when, well, when it first happened. I was in Alabama. Yeah. My first two weeks of the season. I came back. He wasn't there because, well, he was, he was coming, he started coming around like maybe like 30 right, or something. And they kept him away, yeah. like quarantine yeah. shit. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he would come around a couple times, but I guess I really didn't notice how bad he was. But yeah. he said he lost like 20 Yes. Pounds. Yeah. He a little chubby baby fat. He made, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sam's my guy. Um, you guys also went through just a transition, like a yeah. franchise transition. Yeah. And I've always wondered. You know, look, man, if we hired a new boss of Bleacher Report, everybody look around and be like, I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. Yeah. What was that process like? Because you guys came under a different dude. Yeah. What were the conversations like? I mean, once they fired the GM, I mean, <laughs> you kind of like, <clears throat> well, what's about to happen? Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's, uh, when you when you bring a new GM, man, it's, 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 uh, it's like a whole, could be a possibly a regime change, especially yeah. when your team isn't doing that good. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely you get you get kind of nervous, you know. Sure. You know, guys that you know if you contract year or yes. Um, I mean, 
I don't know. It's just guys that might be on the brink of getting cut or something like that. It's tough, man. So uh, Well, they look. need you, so that's the first and that's good. Dude, Second, I'm, I'm, because I'm it happened in training camp and preseason, it gives you a lot more time yeah, yeah, to get I mean, ready for the season. It sucks, but, like, it was still a Better blessing. than happening yeah. week eight. I mean, or they're like a December. Right. I mean, it's – Because you're going into the contract year, so this is the yes, year that's kind of big. Yes, so, yes. I mean, that is – it's, it's, it's bad, but it's good. I mean, because I mean, you got don't want perspective, man. You got that perspective, bro. Yeah. You got to look at the bright side of everything. Yes. I mean, how now this is February, so you got March, April, May, and then now we start getting into that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do we think we're going to be at a good enough level? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me about how excited oh, yeah. you are for that. Oh, I'm super excited, man. Is like, it I, to hit somebody? Is it to put on the pads? Like, what is it about? Man, I guess it's just everything. I mean, yeah, bro. I, I say, man, just being on that field, just because this is my identity. Like, this is what I love to sure. do. So it's like, if you're not able to do it, what you love is like, fuck, what's my purpose? <laughs> have you have you thought about that at all in terms of, okay, this is what I do, but I need to look more into who I am? Yeah. And has I that mean, been a good uh, process? I would say this is like, this was like a, a pre-retirement of looking to You're pre-retirement, right. man. Right. Like, ain't like... It's a sample. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking, like, man, what... Because it fucks people up. Bro, like, injuries are crazy. So, I mean, it kind of it kind of put me in perspective of... You go to a therapist at all? I thought about it. You need to do it. <clears throat> I thought about you it. You should. Look, man... I really did. I thought about it. It can't hurt. Because we're doing it right now. Yeah. But, like, someone that's paid to listen to you, bro, like, because you're about to go... Like, let's just get it on the table. You're going to have pressure on yourself because mm-hmm. you want to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. Second thing, you're going to be like, shit, last year the contract, you're going to have pressure on you there. Someone that you could go to and just share that shit with is going to help you heal even yeah. more. Yeah. You could call me whenever the fuck you want. <laughs> I just, I got a high-ass rate, and you drop some hundreds on the ground real quick. I can I scoop you. that up. I got you. And you, I'm not even fucking with you. Oh, I, shoot. No. <laughs> That that was our first session. Dang. Our first, no, but I did drop somebody. No, but like that money falling out my pocket. I, and I mean this, I mean this sincerely. You hit me up whenever fuck you want. Appreciate but I that, think bro. I also think that getting somebody because yeah. let, let, with that perspective, fuck the pressure. Pressure busts pipes, but it also makes diamonds. It does. It's gonna be a good fucking year. Dude, I'm, and so you're gonna have that perspective now how valuable it is. It's gonna push you harder than you ever oh, pushed yeah. yourself before. Oh yeah. So let's look at it like that. I, I, and 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 uh, like you said, bro, like, I put my, I'm going to bet on myself. Like, That's my, all you've done. I'm going to bet on myself, man. Yeah. Like, my dad, he'd be like, well, you know, you got to see how you're how you going to heal. I'm like, dad, yeah. I'm going to be good. We're good. I'm going to be good. We know that. Putting it in the air. Hell yes. <laughs> in the fucking energy. In the air. Reach in here. I got random sentences. Uh, random I need sentences. you. What's your favorite actor? Favorite actor... Hmm, that's a lot. Mine's Denzel. Oh. So what I want you to do is I want you to... I'm going to go with Denzel, too. Yeah. I want you to learn the line, and then I want you to look at that camera where my man the Yankees hat is and give your best Denzel read of the line. Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm, That That was was good. It was. I felt that in my soul. I tried to to give it a little... (laughs) That was good, a little... A.W., Avery Williamson. <laughs> I'm excited to see you back in the Bro, field. Hit me up whenever. Appreciate it, Adam. We'll get down in New York. Yes, sir. Right, yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs>
Avery is one of those guys with the mental strength that he's going right now. To be honest, I take a lot of it where all of our days are a little bit like Groundhog Day and it's a little bit repetition and we're really not being able to improve. We're just trying to get back to where we are. That normalcy that I think that Avery Williamson interview kind of hit me there. You got any more whoa big off seasons for me, Ingba? I almost called you State. I Farm. do. We got we got nothing but time to just check Twitter and check uh, the yeah. internet to try to find more woes. So this is uh, from the Detroit Free Press. Gary Pinkle, former Mizzou coach, right? former coach of uh, our guy Chase Daniel. Oh, no, you know Chase yes. Daniel. You know how much Whoa, I love big Chase Daniel. Is made for Chase Daniel stories. Because he's a legend, right? And, and this this quote just like really hit me in the chest of how much I love Chase. Here we go. Quote, your locker room is better when Chase Daniel's walking around oh, in I there, Pinkle said. I love it. Your whole locker room will be better. I think that kind of maybe defines a little bit of him. I mean, that is like textbook woe. I just love that. You know what? Like, hey, you know what? Patriots are really good. Oh my God. Is that Chase Daniel walking through in a towel? This team is ex. I want to find this. They got everything. All right. So this is the article, Detroit Free Press. It also says, oh, well. As the trade of Darius Slay illustrates, Matt Patricia wants the right mix of players or remains as good. So you're telling me that Darius Slay, an all-pro level corner, that doesn't help us win because his attitude's not right. But Chase Daniel walking around, that's the guy. I, see, this is what Woe Big Offseason is, man. Dude, the, I mean, they're called intangibles because they are intangible. You have no idea what magic sauce Chase Daniel is laying down every day, just cracking jokes, making people feel comfortable, holding the clipboard in a certain way, getting people, you know, riled up at the right times. And it says here, this is the best one. Wow. And yet Daniel has a statistic few people might know. In 10 NFL, 10 NFL seasons, his teams had a losing record only twice and made the playoffs six times. Quote, it's impossible to quantify what Daniel has meant to his teams. Maybe it's because he was playing with Andy Reid, the Chiefs, Drew Brees and Sean Payton and the Saints, and like a very fresh Carson Wentz when they had the entire... We're going to give... Yo, whoa, big offseason. You know. Chase Daniels, the reason he's not even going to throw a pass for the Detroit Lions. In fact, every touchdown that Matthew Stafford throws is because Chase Daniel, right beforehand, smacked him on the butt, and that transfer of energy led to a touchdown. You're welcome from Chase Daniel. That's unbelievable. You know, I love to bring up the correlation versus causation arguments, right? And that for me, you know, I moved to New York in 2007. New York is the uh, the the center of the yep. financial world, and in two thousand eight, the financial institutions oh, collapsed. You're is that correlation or causation? I really don't know. But for me, Chase Daniel happens to have been on a lot of really good teams that made it to the playoffs. We have no idea what Chase Daniel did, what sandwiches he was making. He, maybe he brought orange slices to some practices. He got the things moving. He was driving that train. The one thing I will say uh, to not joke about Chase Daniel is I, I applauded him when he. He, he learned from Drew Brees this like regimen. Then he went to the Chiefs and then he went to the Eagles and he passes along all the young quarterbacks. And in the article, he also goes on to say, um, look, if Matt Stafford has a routine and he doesn't want mine, that's fine. And I think it's, look, it's good to have good guys, but this whole playoffs, it's, that is, whoa, big offseason. Whoa, we have officially reached our last interview that we have saved from Super Bowl. And it's a doozy. 
It is one of the greatest MCs that has ever graced a mic. It is somebody that helped take Southern hip hop to another level. It is from the beautiful city of ATL. And I'll say he's up there with TI and Luda and all the other ATL famous rappers. He's rappers. He's right there at the top. He dropped the young a few years ago. His name is just Jeezy. And we were recording this on a Monday and there's really no better place in Atlanta on a Monday to be than magic city. I have never gone. That last note was for my fiance, but I'm just saying about it is that he has a story about how magic city became magic city. And I think you're going to enjoy it. My convo with Jeezy. By the way, I'm talking to Jeezy about my fiance right now because she's the biggest Jeezy fan of all yes, time. Yes, sir. What is it like when people come up to you? Like, I know Gabe just came up to you right now and said, I got the yeah. snowman tea. What's it like, man, when that, people say that shit? I mean, it's refreshing, you know, because um, when I started doing music, it was it was more so to get my message across. It, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the fame. It was just like, I understand this. How can I? Because I started writing. Like, I used to write poetry. Yes. And um, it just, just transformed the music. And uh, more so than people would say they like one song, I like uh, when they come up to you and say what your music done. Yes. It's a different feeling. Yes. She, my, my fiance loves albums of yours yeah. from front to back, which is a whole story. Right. I've always been fascinated with rappers about how the message changes over the years. Mm. Because in the beginning, nobody's listening. Right. So you let your heart out. Right. Then typically, second or third album, right. you get the money album. Right. I got my paper, you know what I mean? Right. Like all that stuff. How has your message evolved over the years? Uh, well, like, I, what was it in the beginning to where it is now? Well, I always was told you got your first, you got your whole life to write your first album. And mm. I live by that. But I, I always treated all my albums like they was my first because I always go back to that time when I was, when I was hungry, confused. Yeah. Um, How do you get back in that balance. mindset? I mean, I just live by that code. It's just like for me, when I get up, I don't, I don't, I, I got a purpose, so I don't do it for the money. Yes. Because um, there were philosophers in ancient Greece. That's right. where I'm going to take you right now. Right. There was one that believed, there was a writer, I can't remember his name, that believed the only way you could write well is to be broke. Right. And so when he would make all the money writing a book, right. he would give all the money away right. to get back make in that mindset. Yeah. How that, do you. I mean, for me, it's just like, you know, I take care of my family, my people, yes. and I always. Supported all my causes from Street Dreams Foundation to just a lot of Atlanta youth, Detroit youth. But um, for me, it's just taking care of my people. I've always been a provider, but um, that's that's my thing. So, and I always go back and visit my roots a mm. lot, so I can just keep that connection. Because, Never get that separation. Yeah, as I, you know, even now I, I tell people, you know, four albums in, I was walking in the house like. I don't really like this might not be my house one day. You wow. know what I mean? Like yeah. I ain't tripping. You know yeah. what I mean? So for me it's just um shit is fleeting. Yeah, just it's just staying connected to your roots and just also just being a uh, a personable person. So when you're talking to people and you're getting their stories, you always go in your back of your mind, like I remember I was yes. there that time. I witnessed something really special last Super Bowl. Mm. I went to the EA sports party right. and I watched you, T I and Ludacris share a stage. Right. And you guys, I could tell that moment was big for you guys, too. Yeah. Just that, that era of Atlanta and, and how the impact you had. And I've always wanted to ask, what was the respect you had for those guys and to share that stage in that moment? What was that like? I mean, for me, um, especially with Tip and Luda, I was still trying to figure my career and life out when these guys were selling millions of records. Right. So I was standing around like, yeah, I would be the guy happen. in the club like, I okay. hope they recognize me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I went through that whole, same with Hove. I went through that whole process. I, I used to be a fan. Still am. But, you yeah, know, I, I was just like, 
listening to the music and watching their moves and studying them. Yeah. And then they got to the place where I used to stand in the club when they come, like, Hove would come. And I used to be the guy, you know, all the way at the end of the club, too. I just started moving up. And then yeah. one day I was standing beside him, and we was working together. Was that your oh, sh- <laughs> like, what was your, oh, shit, maybe I made it moment? Oh, oh well, when I was, uh, I was in Miami. For, um, Damn, I love that you knew it immediately, yeah, too. That's exciting. I was in Miami for a Super Bowl they okay. had here, and I was walking through the streets uh, on South Was Beach. it Bears, Colts? Yeah, whatever the, one, okay. the last one that was here. Yep. And uh, I was walking through the streets, and everybody like knew me, knew me. And I was just like, hi. They was like, yo, we love your music. Yeah. And, I'm just, and I was mixtaping there. Wow. And I was just like, yo. I missed that time. Yeah, so to me it was um, surreal because I was making the music in Atlanta. And here I am walking the streets of Miami. And you're getting the love because, you know, you get a little love in Atlanta. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh. And um, I went out and and that night they was playing a lot of my records. And I saw people actually reacting. I was like, yo, this is. Wow. Yeah, this is different. And and that's when I really knew it it was different because a lot of the people that I saw that was in the streets, they was of different nationalities. It wasn't just like the same. Yes. Being from Atlanta, you kind of know the the scope of everything. So it was like women. You know, I never had women fans. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You were hard, man. Right. (laughs) Yeah. like, oh, we love you. I'm like, oh, (laughs) really? (laughs) Um, The big thing that's exciting for you right now is a sports agency. Yes. Sports agency night. Sports 99. um, What what was the reason? Because you just said you studied people. Right. And Rock Nation was doing a lot of that. Right. And the first thing I thought when I saw the Rock Nation brunch is I'm going, oh, there's Leonard Fournette. There's those guys. And part of the reason I'm sure they signed with them is they want to be around Cove. Correct, correct, correct. And so you're uniquely qualified where you've probably, these guys have been listening to you growing right, up right. in the gym. Yeah. What was the main reason you said, I want to get involved in this? Well, for me, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, having that purpose and understanding like a lot of these guys come from situations like I come from where, you know, it's one parent in the household. Or, you know, they just come with a different type of struggle. And once they get this uh, newfound fame and this newfound opportunity, you know, everybody comes in and depletes it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it's just like having that understanding of how to, you know, reason with them and get them to understand, okay, it's cool to, you know, be selfish in this area and it's cool to invest. You know, you might want to hold back on, you know, four chains. Let's right. get one. And, and figure this out because I happen to be a guy that people had to pull teeth right. to get me to get into real estate. And the minute I made some real money, I was like, I didn't even do anything. That's like, what we've been trying That's to tell That's real you. estate, bro. You're right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it was like. Money systems. Right. It was those things. And just, just understanding the relationships that I built and, and the um, the uh, uh, the ability I have to go in these situations in these rooms yeah. and get people to understand our value. I, I just feel like I can bring that to the players. How are we do- players are superstar. How are we doing with clients and all that stuff? I right? have clients. We keeping it on the wraps now because we just oh, we did nice. a soft we did a soft um, lunch around my birthday, which was September 28th, and now we're here and we're in full effect. So I want I want to put some points on the board, and we're gonna just let 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 the moves do the talking. Are you Atlanta everything with the sports fandom? Yeah, I gotta be. So Hawks, Falcons, yeah, yeah, and that just because because I can't. I'm not a I'm not the biggest sports guy. Yeah. I respect the, the grind. Sure. I respect the hard work. Yeah, because you meet the men. Right. 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 Fandom is for the right. spectators. Right, right. And, and it's, it's crazy because we were talking about that. I was actually talking about, they asked me in an uh, uh, interview before this, even about Kobe. Like, we all knew Kobe, the superstar, the athlete. But after he retired, we got to see the man. See the man. And I think that's why it's been hard is because he was, he, I mean, the life was getting beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We see. But, but it also, you know, was a lesson in itself for 
us to not take any time for granted. He's oh, a guy that wasn't doing anything wrong. Never. You know, even when it comes to family, like, you know, you got you, you to gotta understand, like, you know, time is the biggest asset in the world. Yes, and you it's know? dwindling constantly. Right, right. And, and it's just a reminder of that. You know? How old were you when Dion was on the Falcons? Oh, man, I was uh, maybe 19. How, what kind of an impact did that have on you? Man, Dion was that guy. Even right? When he puts up the throwback videos, yes. I'm like, oh. Like, you know I mean? The but, bandanas, um, yeah, but playing Dion, two but sports. He, you know, it's one thing to be a legend. De- Dion is an icon. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to Atlanta, the the imprint he put there and and just the way, you know, I used to hear about Dion. Like, I wasn't going out then, of course, but I used to be like, yo, Dion Sanders came to the club. It was crazy. Yeah. And I was talking to, um, I'm not from, I know how familiar you are with uh, um, Magic City in Atlanta, which of is course. one of my biggest staples, and it's where my music um, actually uh, blew up from because I knew the Magic DJ. City on a Monday. That's, that's where it started my whole my whole music. You're telling me that your career started Magic City. Wow. Because I knew the DJ. What I was the DJ's name? Fernando. And he was like, I'll play your clubs. Yeah, he played And them. the girls wanted to dance to it? Because they knew me. Yeah. Because I was younger and I was coming there and wow. we was like a little family. And um, to my case... Uh, I hear the food is great there. Oh, no, man. The shrimp is amazing. <laughs> shrimp and rice. And uh, Dion, uh, in Magic City, Magic, which is the owner, he tells me, he said, yo, Magic City was just this building, small building. We had a couple girls. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but Dion Sanders came here one night. He said, I got a friend that's coming with me. Could you set everything up? And he said, I set everything up. I had no idea who he was bringing. He said, Dion Sanders brought um, MC Hammer. And that's oh how Magic God. City blew up and became Magic City. Wow. Yeah. So, because, Dion, shout out. So, he brought him in there. Yeah. And then, you know, when the pictures or stories come out about that, how could it not be the spot? Yeah. But, I mean. That, and that's where your career started. Right. Wow. Do you think they're going to make Magic City a national landmark? Where, like, you know when they put stuff in front of buildings, you right. can't knock this down? Right, right, right. I mean, to the city, like, yeah, all these yeah, stories. Absolutely. Which is crazy to say. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Now, Magic City, and, and, I, and I have to admit, like. I, I remember going in there and um and and people would recite my words. This was before I had a video or anything, like for three, four hours straight. Every wow. song I ever wrote. Wow. And you just stand in there watching the whole club just recite every word and just like Shit. Wow. You know? I'm gonna be in Atlanta every week for the next four months. I'm right. gonna be hosting this TNT show on Tuesdays. Okay. Me, Shaq, Wade, and Candace Parker. Right. They're putting me in that Ernie spot. Okay. So I, I might need a little tour guide around you. Atlanta. I got man. you. I got you. No problem. Because I like the city. Yeah, I'll be the coolest Uber driver you ever had, man. Oh, <laughs> fucking heck. Last thing. No, but I, I joked earlier. I was like, you want to ordain the wedding. The invitation's open. Okay. It'll be in New York. Yeah. If you want to give me and when, my, when, my when fiance you, the vows. When you going? You know the date. July 25th, and then we're going to get married in Nigeria in December. Nigeria. Which apparently thousands of people are going to show up Is It's July 25th. Is that Valentine's Day? Am I tripping? No. Oh, I'm off. Valentine's Day is February 14th. Oh, I'm tripping. I'm, I'm tripping, yeah. I'm, Listen, I'm, tip. It's in two weeks. Okay, got it. You better get a gift. <laughs> you better get a gift. I can't let that go. Got it. I appreciate you. For sure. What's the name of the agency again? Agency 99. Agency 99. Yes, Details sir. will be coming soon. Absolutely. One of the best that has ever done it. There it is. Jeezy. He dropped the young because he's got the knowledge and the gems. It's it been is. a pleasure to Love, meet you, brother. man. Seriously. Love. Atlanta legend. There oh, one thing for you. There's one left. Wow. Cheesy. Last one. What you got? I just have a bunch of random sentences. Okay. Who's your favorite actor? Favorite actor, Mine's Samuel dead. Jackson. Okay. In your best Samuel L., uh, can you look in the camera with the Yankees hat and uh, say that however you'd like to, dramatically everywhere? Pro basketball, Hall of Famer. 
There it One is. more time, just say Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, not oh. Famer. That was my bad. I just, I'm a, I'm a okay, crazy gotcha. dude. Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. That's Samuel. That's my best. Samuel. Good. Yeah. I, I've worked with him too. I'm yeah, telling you, he's hi. Thank you. My man. guy. Cheesy. I, uh, I don't know if my wedding's happening anymore, Ingber. So I don't know if Jeezy can uh, still ordain me. Uh, but I, I he thought that Valentine's Day was in July. So that's that's Jeezy, man. Um, I got one more Woe Big Off season. Hit me. One of the classic Woe Big Off seasons is the comparison of new players to the all-time greats. You know, like, course, like I yeah. saw in the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, they got this safety from the Broncos, Will Parks, and there was this whole thing about how he's from Philly and he grew up and he wanted to be like Brian Dawkins. And I was like, don't do it. Don't woe this kid and say he's an ex-Brian Dawkins. It's hard to live up to that. Um, this one uh, is from out in Seattle. The Seahawks traded for Quentin Dunbar and a former coach that didn't even coach for the Seahawks, Ray Horton, says he's a, quote, Young Richard Sherman. Ooh, Dangerous. That's, Quote, that's lofty praise. To me, if you had to compare him to anybody, it would be Richard Sherman. The style of play, the hands, the fact that he was a former wide receiver, which, oh, when you have the story where you're both former wide receivers, you get compared immediately. But what you are getting, quote, is a young Richard Sherman. The kid is hungry. He wants to be, quote, good. Quote, I've coached some Hall of Fame players, pro bowlers, and as far as cornerbacks, he's one of the smartest guys I've had. Whoa, big offseason. The Seahawks just traded for the new Richard Sherman in Quentin Dunbar. Love that. I mean, it's just going to – it's just fuel for the fire because as soon as he does something slightly Richard Sherman-ish, like let's say he has a really good press conference where he makes a good point about people saving their money and people are like, see, I told you. Or he does something like slightly un-Richard Sherman-ish where I I don't know what would be the opposite of Richard Sherman. But people – when you're labeled with that sort of – uh, labeled that early yes. in your career, people are just looking to either prove it or disprove it. And it's like, dude, Dunbar, live your life. And, and that's why I go back to what I was saying with Connor earlier about the Jordan loved conversation. The only thing I'm hearing is we're comparing them to Russell Wilson and Mahomes, and we're never talking about them. And what kind of happens is, is you have to, it changes what your actual trajectory is. So I think right. Quentin Dunbar is actually a great pickup for the Seahawks. It makes me question the rotation just because he's more of like an outside guy. But at the same time, this is the world we live in. Whoa, big off season. If you guys are seeing big, whoa, big off seasons out there, hit us up Twitter or in the DMs on Instagram at Lefko Show. We'll be sure to feature it. It's always a fun time of year. Wednesday night, we are going to be doing the Twitch streams for the BR Goatsons. Check that out. It's going to be on every night. Just go and favorite their channel. Also, a little bit later, we're going to be doing a new QB list. It's going to be good. QB or or coach. We haven't settled yet, and we are going to have more guests this week. So as the ambulance goes down my street here in New York City, and we continue to stay inside, why? Because we just want to. I say... Adieu. I bid adieu for David Ingber. Now's a great time to reach out to one person you haven't heard from in a while. Once a day, that's the Ingber Challenge. Ooh, the Ingber Challenge. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, we love you guys. If you need any help, if you're feeling a little bit depressed, if you feel like you need to get out, hit us up with a message. We'll do our best to get in. 
send us a video of a question, send us anything. We'll see if we can get in there. And again, maybe get to the iTunes reviews, leave a five star and a question. Love you guys a lot. 33%. You guys are the shit. Holla, holla, holla. We out.